Word time. Let's do it. Um, foundational text is going to be in the book of Joshua, chapter number 6, starting at verses number 17. Book of Joshua, uh, chapter number 6, beginning at verses number 17. Um, not necessarily a very familiar text as related to ministering from it. Uh, many times in the past, I have not, um, but I am familiar with the story, and I believe that God has a word for us on today. If you have it, somebody shout, I got it. Amen. Let's make our declaration of faith. If you have your Bible or your electronic device, lift it above your head. Somebody shout, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter, a doer and not just a hearer. And my life, again, and my life, one more time, and my life is the better after hearing, obeying, and applying a word from the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Book of Joshua, chapter number six, verses number 17, and the word of the Lord declares, the city and all that is in it are to be devoted to the Lord. Everybody shout, devoted to the Lord. Now, what's, what's happening here is the people of God are getting ready. God has promised them the land. And this is the first kingdom of the territory that God is going to allow them to possess. It's the kingdom of, everybody shout Jericho. It's the kingdom of Jericho. Very first kingdom. He sends out the spies. Spies uh, come back with the report. And they've come up with a plan on how to subdue this kingdom. And God is getting ready to give the kingdom into their hands. But before they launch their attack, there are a specific words. There's a specific assignment that God gives, y'all just help me preach, everybody shout, to this city. There's a specific assignment that God gives to this city. The Bible declares the city and all that is in it are to be devoted to the Lord. But keep away from the devoted things so that you will not bring about your own destruction by taking any of them. Otherwise, you will make the camp of Israel liable to destruction and bring trouble on it. 19 declares, all the silver and gold and the articles of bronze and iron are sacred to the Lord and must go into his treasury. Now, when we get to chapter number seven, verses number one, God has already given them instructions of what to do with the land, to do with the property. But the Israelites were unfaithful in regard to the devoted things. Achan, son of Carmi, the son of Zimri, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took some of them, so the Lord's anger burned against Israel. We understand what's getting ready to happen. They conquered Jericho. They were unfaithful in their, their, their assignment to Jericho. They're getting ready to attack the next city called Ai. And Ai is a much smaller kingdom, country, than Jericho. So the people of God are very confident that if we subdue Jericho, surely this little small city, we're getting ready to overcome. How many know that they don't win? They don't win. They become scattered. My God today, you know why? Because the favor of God lifted up off of their lives because of their disobedience concerning what God told them to do in Jericho. So chapter number seven, verses number seven, and Joshua said, alas, alas, sovereign Lord, why did you ever bring this people across the Jordan to deliver us into the hands of the Amorites to destroy us? If only we had been content to stay in, to stay on the other side of the Jordan. Pardon your servant, Lord. What can I say now that the Israel that Israel has been routed by its enemies. Ten declares, the Lord said to Joshua, stand up. You don't need to talk to me no more. What are you doing on your face? The people have sinned. They have violated my covenant, which I commanded them to keep. They have taken some of the devoted, everybody shout devoted things. That's so good. Devoted things that have, they have stolen, they have lied, they have put them where, with their own possessions. That is why the Israelites cannot stand against their enemies. They turn their backs and run because they have been made liable to destruction. I will not be with you anymore. Those are some cold words to hear from the Lord. Because I mean, no greater is he in you than he that's in the world. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. What gives me the confidence of challenges and things coming against me is the knowing, the reality that I got the favor of God upon my life. That's why I ain't tripped out when folk fight me. I'm really not, I'm not, I'm not tripped at all when folk, when folk fight me 
and Wendy, God gave me a word for you, and God told me to tell you that if anybody fighting you, they fighting God. If they fighting you, they fighting God. And the question is, can they whoop God? And if they can't whoop God, they won't be able to whoop you. <laughs> they will not be able to win. Somebody shout, I always win with God on my side. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Um, there is a prophetic word that God allowed me to launch um, a couple of months ago. Are y'all hot? Are y'all y'all hot? I am burning up up here. <laughs> is it the fire of the Lord? <laughs> Lord, send the fire down there because I'm I'm hot. <laughs> y'all ain't hot for real, y'all. Are y'all comfortable or y'all cold? Y'all comfortable? Well, good. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn this fan off because I'm, <coughs> y'all stay comfortable. It's still going to be comfortable. I'm just hot. Hallelujah. There was a prophetic word that <laughs> God allowed me to lunch a couple of months ago concerning the month of November. And God said that this month would begin a financial turnaround, that he would manifest divine favor in the month of November. And, and this, this is what I need you to do. For those of you all who have already, what's today, the 13th, right? Almost halfway through the month. Um, for those of you all who have received already and God's been, you've been seeing the hand of God move in your favor financially, I, I want you to share. I've had somebody share already some things that God has been doing just supernaturally, unexpectedly, some, some manifestations um, I just want to testify just a moment for our household, what God has done uh, so far. My wife um, received a notice that she owed, that she, she owed. He ain't have my name on the bill. She owed $60,000. And I'm looking at it like, girl, what you do? What, what, what happened? $60,000. And so for the past, I would say we got this like in, was it August, September, somewhere in there? And so we just been tripping on, you know, what to do about this $60,000. How about this month, 60000 got reduced to a little over six hundred? <laughs> Brush you God, I think I'll pay that bill. I don't mind writing that check. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, somebody shout glory. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, if y'all ain't got to shout, I'll shout glory. For your breakthrough, because your breakthrough is my breakthrough. We had a tenant um, in Hattiesburg, and I've been going back and forth to uh, Hattiesburg, just absolutely tired, sick and tired of Hattiesburg. This girl, she wrecked our house, and she took full advantage of the COVID relief, because COVID says that you can't put nobody out your house <coughs> if they behind. And this girl didn't pay a, a rent for a year and a half. She lived, she lived on us for a year and a half. I ain't sent a check at all. Yeah. So when I finally get there around August, September again, I'm, I'm looking at the property. It is completely destroyed. We had to paint the ceilings, paint the walls, complete new flooring, carpet, tile. And I'm talking about plumbing. The, it, it, it just, just ridiculous. I've been really discouraged because I had this huge plumbing job that needed to be done, and I woke up just in a bad mood Monday because I knew I had to go to Hattiesburg. Monday or Tuesday, one of I knew I had to go to Hattiesburg and, and do this plumbing job. And um, so uh, my wife, she sent me a text. She saw me kind of moody. I love you, honey. So she called me, and I was telling her, I got to go, like, go on the roof, take this big old heavy machine on the roof, run this line, da-da-da, all this kind of stuff. And she said, sweetie, why, why don't you just call a plumber? Just call a plumber. And I said, well, I would, babe, but this job, bare minimum, is going to cost us $800 to $1,000. She said, well, well, just go ahead and be careful. <laughs> be safe on that ladder. <laughs> Pop, she ain't offered me no relief at all. She just, she just prayed for safety, man. So I've been frustrated, and we've got the sign in the yard. We've had several people call, but I've been praying. I said, God, you know, with a house like this, I don't want to have to drive to Hattiesburg every single time something. I think two tenants ago, um, it's about five, six years ago, 
uh, the guy called and he said, hey, hey uh, 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 Pastor, the, 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 um, the, the water line to the washing machine is leaking. It's leaking. And I'm, all of the things are going through my head of what we got to do to fix that. Oh, I got to bust out the walls. I probably have to bust up the concrete, whatever, to fix the line. And I'm just panicking. So I go up there and find out that the man, he just hand tightened the water line on the washing machine. The sister's like, What's, what you doing? But for the brothers that know, you have to use some pliers or something. You just can't hand tighten that. So I drove a whole hour just to tighten something that you could have did with some pliers. So um, I've been praying. I said, God, you, you're going to have to give me some good tenants. Now, I ain't just, I, the people applying and they won't say they want the house. I need some good tenants that's going to take care of the house. I'm going to do my job. I need some folks that's, folks that's going to take care of this house. So this one couple, they came to visit the house, and they was looking at it, looking at it, looking at it. And um, she, she called her husband on the phone. She said, I like the house. I think I want it. And um, I told her, I said, listen, I'll be honest with you. This is all the stuff I need to finish taking care of in the house. And I promise you, before you guys move in, it's going to be taken care of. But it's stuff on the outside that it's going to take me another two months. I've been coming back and forth to Hattiesburg twice a week fixing stuff. But after I get the inside ready, I may come once a, once a week, every other week to do the outside. That brother, he said on the phone, oh, Reb, don't even worry about that. See, I ain't mind him calling me Reb. <laughs> he said, Reb, don't even worry about that. Man, I'm good at stuff like that. I'll help you with that. Y'all know what I started to do? I started to say. <laughs> so, uh, so um, they say we can't move. We locked in a lease, and we can't move until December 1. But I tell you what, we're going to go ahead and send a down payment in November. <laughs> Just hold the house a couple of weeks for us. How about we holding that house for them? So November, God, somebody shall financial favor. I'm telling you what's happening in the month of November. I got a word. Man of God didn't know nothing about what we're trying to do with this property, but he just looked. He don't know nothing about my financial situation or the churches. But he just looked at me, pointed his finger in my face and says, in five years, the property will be paid off. I need to inform the bank. We're going we to snatch all of that interest out of y'all hands because it ain't going to take 20 financial favor. And this is what I need y'all to do. I need y'all to holler at your boy. I want to hear your testimonies because watch this. This, this revelatory, this, this, this prophetic word of knowledge thing is, is sharpening in my life. So what I've challenged myself to do is judge my accuracy. I want to judge my accuracy because I get better with feedback. So if God's been doing something financially, I want to, I want, I want to hear the testimony. Can somebody say amen to that? But God is not done. Everybody shall bless me, Lord. Shout it again. Bless me, Lord. So here's my role, my responsibility for the past three weeks now, two weeks now, and moving forward for the next few weeks. I want to prepare you for what it is that God is going to do in your life. When it comes to the blessings of the Lord, there are three primary ways that God funnels blessings to your hands. They're, the first way is what I call um, grace blessings. Grace, grace blessings. Grace means unmerited favor. It is, it is favor that God gives you that has nothing to do with you. It is doors of opportunity that, had, that you, educationally, you don't, acquire, uh, 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 you, 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 you don't meet the requirements. Experientially, you don't meet the requirements, but God opens the door. He favors you. That's called, everybody shout, a grace blessing. It's a grace blessing, and then there are what's known as mercy blessings. Mercy blessings. It's not that he gives you something that you don't deserve. He withholds some form of retribution that you do deserve. Anybody know anything about mercy blessings? Yes. So number one, God gives us grace blessings. Number two, mercy blessings. And then there are what's known as conditional blessings. Everybody shout conditional blessings. So whereas grace and mercy blessings has absolutely nothing to do with me, uh, the scripture declares that God says, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy on. I'll, have, I'll show compassion to whoever I desire to show compassion to. So that's grace and that's mercy. But then there are conditional blessings. And what, what's up with the conditional blessings? In essence, there is a law or a principle that God first requires you to meet. And when you meet this, this principle, when you fulfill this law, then you'll receive 
the promise or you'll receive the blessings that he has in store for you. I'm going to give you a quick story in Mark chapter number 10, verse number 21. This young man who we know as the rich young ruler comes to Christ uh, kneeling in an humble position and he poses the question to him, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus looked at him in Mark 10, 21 and loved him. He says, one thing you lack, he said, go, watch this, sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have, number one, number one, treasure in heaven. Here's number two, then come follow me. So in essence, he says, all of this money that you got, I want you to sell it, give the money to the poor. When you do that, immediately you're going to have treasure in heaven. And then I want you to come and follow me. Now from the outside, that looked like a bad deal because you're just treasure in heaven, that's it. But understand what Jesus is actually offering him. He says, if you give up your financial security, I'll reward you with both eternal and natural security. Now, now real talk, when do you look in the Gospels and see Jesus ever went hungry? Never. The man could take a few fish and loaves of bread and feed a multitude of people. When do you ever see Jesus late paying his taxes? Y'all ain't saying nothing in this place. Jesus said, go get a fishing pool, a fishing pole, my man Peter. First fish you, fish you catch will have enough money to pay my taxes and yours. When do you ever see Jesus lacking anything? Jesus says, this money that gives you security in the earth, if you give it up, I will promise you both eternal and natural security. Look what happens, verse number 22. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. So, so, so here is the condition. You, you, you sacrifice this, and if you sacrifice this, I will promise you these blessings, both spiritually and naturally. So the scripture declares, Mark 10, 28, then Peter spoke up, we have left everything to follow you. So what you challenging this? So, so Peter, watch this, Peter signed up and he didn't finish reading the contract. He signed up and he didn't know all the benefits for signing the contract. Peter said, oh, what you told him to do, we've already made that type of sacrifice. And Jesus says, 29, truly I tell you, Jesus replied, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or feels for me in the gospel will fail to receive, somebody shout a hundred times. A hundred times as much in this present age, homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, feels, along with persecution and in the age to come, eternal life. Now, now press pause. A hundred times, and I said this last week, a hundred children for Greg is not a blessing. I love all of my kids. I just don't want a hundred of them. So what does he mean a hundred times? He's saying the maximum return on that sacrifice, I promise to give it to you. Watch this. Number one, in eternity, and number two, in the land. What, what is he going to say? He's going to say a hundred times as much in the present age. Pre everybody shout present age. Present age, and then at the end, he's going to say in the, age to in the age to come, eternal life. Everybody shout conditional blessings. So on last week, we highlighted the law of harvest as one of those laws or principles that are conditional. The law of harvest says you reap what you sow in the proportion of the quality of the seed sown. So God will prick your heart. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And, and, and I'm careful. I've been careful to, to really minister and to teach this message um, because I've seen so many men of God take advantage of the saints, the sheep, off of this law or this principle. The one that I'm ministering today and the one, the one that I ministered last week. What I'm challenging you with is when God challenges you to give or to give up something. I'm not talking about some man of God holding up a $100 line, talking about you give $100 today, then the Lord going, I ain't talking about that craziness there. And I'm not against sowing seed. Y'all should know that I am for sowing seed. I am, I am a giver. That's who I am. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. What you going to see in this house, and this is just how God works with me, whenever there's an offering that needs to be taken up, a special offering, special offering, God always does this to me. He gives me the number that he wants given, and he gives me the number of people that's going to give it every single time. So I know the number, and then I know the number of people. What I don't do is prophesy you the one, and you need to give. And you need to, I seen one preacher do this craziness and it just turned my stomach. He was walking around with envelopes, writing numbers on envelopes, giving it to people. The devil is absolutely a liar. 
He wasn't even my church, but I wanted to hit him in the head. I ain't about that manipulation. So what I'm challenging you today is not your, everybody shout, not my pastor. This ain't about your pastor. God himself has, some of you are already challenged you concerning something that he wants you to give or to give up. All I'm doing is challenging you with what God is challenging you and then encouraging you at the end of the journey what you can expect to receive if you would heed to the challenge that God has placed in your path. Can somebody say amen to that? So the law of harvest, but today what I want to talk about is the law of first fruits. Everybody shout first fruits. First fruits simply declares that God bestows favor on the rest when you honor him with the first. God bestows blessings upon the rest. New opportunity comes in whatever form or fashion, and you take the fruit of that, the first fruit of that opportunity, and you, you give it to God. God says, give me the first, and when you give me the first, I will decree and declare blessings on the rest of what you have. Proverbs 3 and 9 declares, honor the Lord. Everybody shall honor. Because in all actuality, it's simply about honor. Because everything, how many know that everything God gave you belongs to him? Like everything, everything, everything belongs. The earth is the Lord's. And the fullness thereof. Are y'all with me in this place? So it's about everybody shall honor. The Bible declares, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. And if you do this, here's a conditional promise. If you honor him, if you honor him, if you honor him, so your barns will be filled with plenty and your fats will overflow with new wine. So I want to show you this first fruits principle and our foundational text in the book of Joshua. Because God's going God's to ask for something first. He's going to ask for something first. And based on their obedience to what they give first determines how he's going to bless the rest of what he's going to give them. Are y'all with me? The book of Joshua, chapter number one, verses number one, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give them to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Hmm. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Six declares simply, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Now, now you guys know that this is the same land that Moses sent the 12 spies to spy out. And two came back with a good report, the other 10 came back with a negative, negative report. At that particular time, there were giants in the land that they simply had to subdue. Now there are more than giants. Kings have uh, uh, occupied the land, and now there are kingdoms within the land that God gave to them. And God says the same thing that you had to do, mindset, to drive out the giants. I am challenging you to drive out these kingdoms. Now watch this. Joshua chapter number 12, verses number 7, highlights halfway through their assignment, is going to highlight the kings that they subdued. Joshua 12 and 7 declares, here's a list of the kings of the land that Joshua and the Israelites conquered on the west side of the Jordan from Baal, God, in the valley of Lebanon to Mount Halak, which rises toward Seir. Verses 9 declares the king of Jericho, the king of Ai near Bethel, the king of Jerusalem, the king of Hebron, the, the, the king of Jarmuth, the king of Lachish, the king of Eglon, the king of Gezer, the king of Debir, the king of Geder, 14 through 18, lists 10 more kings. 19 through 23, lists 10 more kings. 24 declares the king of, the king of uh, Tirza, and all 31 kings were defeated. Now, now watch this. I understand, understand. If you defeat the mayor of Gulfport, you get all of Gulfport. If you defeat the governor of the state, you get all the state. 
if you take over, successfully take over the White House, you get the whole nation. So if you beat a king, everything within the kingdom belongs to you. The land, the silver, the gold, the property, the palaces, the, 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 the everything belongs to you. So I want you to see this from a broader context. They whooped 31 kings and in essence acquired 31 kingdoms. So God says, all of this is yours. The only thing I want you to do is give me the first kingdom that you conquer. Don't touch nothing. The silver, the gold, the livestock. I don't want you to benefit from nothing on the first. And if you give me the first kingdom, I'll promise you the rest of the 30, you can do whatever you want with them. Somebody shout, that's good. Yeah. So Joshua 29, 12, 9 declares, first of all, the king of Jericho was that first kingdom. Joshua 6, 17. 6, 17 declares, the city and all that is in it are to be devoted to the Lord. This is the first kingdom. This is what he's declaring concerning Jericho. But keep away from the devoted things so that you will not bring about your own destruction by taking any of them. 19 declares, all the silver and gold and the articles of bronze and iron are sacred to the Lord and must go into the treasury. But the Israelites were unfaithful in regard to, regard to the devoted things. Achan, son of Carmi, the son of Zimri, the son of Zerah, the tribe of Judah, took some of the things. Uh, took some of them, so the Lord's anger burned against Israel. Everybody shout, what's up with Achan? Let's talk about Achan for a second. Now, Achan probably wasn't alive during the crossing of the Red Sea, but he heard about it. He heard about this mighty God that you serve, that your people were slaves in Egypt. And God split the Red Sea hither and thither. We walked across on dry land. Once we got across, our enemies were drowned in the same sea that God allowed us to walk across. Achan heard about the story of following a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of uh, 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 fire by night. He was probably there when Moses smote the rock and smoke, spoke to the rock and water came out. He was probably there when those boys rebelled against Moses and God proved himself to the man of God and opened up the earth and swallowed them all. So Achan is familiar with the promises and the blessings of the Lord. And that same God that performed all of those miracles back then is issuing a promise that when you first uh, uh, over, overtake the kingdom of Jericho, if you sacrifice and give everything to me, the rest of the kingdoms I'm going to give to you. The question is, why would you touch what's God's? Watch this. Based on his faithfulness and his promise, his faithfulness of what I know he did in the past, the way he came through in the past, and the promises of what he's saying is mine, if I will make this sacrifice now, Aiken, what is up with you? Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, what's up with you? Because God didn't give me this word just to be giving me this word. Because there's some Achans in the house, and God is trying to, oh my God, God is trying to help me to spare you from repeating the same mistakes because you don't have to go down this path. You don't have to go down this path. Joshua 7, 19, then Joshua said to Achan, my son, give glory to the Lord, the God of Israel, and honor him. Tell me what you have done to uh, what do you have done? Do not hide it from me. Achan replied, it is true. I have sinned against the Lord, the God of Israel. This is what I have done. Look, look what he says. When I saw in the plunder a beautiful robe from Babylonia, 200 shekels of silver and a bar of gold weighing 15 shekels, I coveted them and took them. They are hidden in the ground inside my tent with the silver underneath. Here, here's, the, here's, the, here's the deal. So, it don't matter that your pastor can't see what you're doing. 
Don't matter that your prayer partner can't see what you're doing. Don't matter what your mama and them can't see what you're doing. Don't matter your friend can't see what you're doing. The eyes of the Lord are in all place, beholding both the good and the evil. Now, now, that's not to scare you, but that's to warn you. Because some of y'all think y'all so slick that you, you fooling God. Now, real talk, Pastor, who you talking to? I am talking to the person that God has already been talking to you about particular things that he wants you to give or give up, and you've been disobedient, but you still look blessed. <laughs> you still look like you favored. You still look like you got it going on. Y'all, come, come, come on, come on, come on. You still look good on the outside, but you know you're not doing right by God, and you are currently aching, feeling the effects of your disobedience. And God is trying to give you an opportunity to change, to repent, to come out of that and honor him with what it is that he's challenged you to give him. So Achan said, ooh, I'm already done. Achan said, I saw the garments, I saw the silver, I saw the gold. I know of what God did and I know of his promises but I coveted what I saw. This is what God spoke to me. And he said, covetousness is blinding. It's blinding. And that's some of you all's problem. You can't see what God's getting ready to do because you're so infatuated with something you don't want to let go. Everybody shout, let it go. Let it go. Let it go. So, so, so I'm tripping, I'm tripping, I'm tripping, I'm tripping because I'm, I'm preparing this message, I'm studying this message, I'm, I'm gleaning from this message. And my prayer to God was, so I never like to preach anything that I don't have personal experience in. You understand what I'm saying? So, so it's, like, it's like me preaching about labor. Watch this. I've experienced it several times. I mean, I was there, I saw it. She said, but you ain't experienced it, though. And you show right about that. So I can talk about labor pains and Braxton Hicks and, and them, them fake, fake appetites that you want. I can talk about it. You know what I'm saying? And my wife, she's so crazy. I, be- I truly believe this. I truly believe this because I was on top of my game. Before I come home from work, anything that my wife has ever asked for, that was crazy. I went ahead and bought it and I hid it. So just in case she'd be like, I got a taste for non ladies and pickles together. Got it. I believe that girl will wait until I go home, look in the refrigerator and be like, mm, we got that, 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 we got that. Close the refrigerator, go lie in the bed and be like, honey, I got a taste for some, what? So y'all pray for, pray for me. Don't pray for us, pray for me. I, I, could, I could preach on it, I could talk about it, but, but my heart is not really tied to it because I have no experience in it. So I asked God, I said, I'm kind of challenged on this because I understand grace blessings. Man, Hattiesburg, that was a grace blessing, man. No, that, no, that was a mercy blessing. <laughs> that was his mercy, yeah, yeah. This $60,000, that was grace. He just gave us that. I even know about sacrificial blessings, conditional blessings concerning the law of the harvest where God would challenge me to give, to give up something. And, and all I know is that God's going to reward me. When and how he's going to reward me, I don't know. But I do hear God saying, sow this seed, give this up, give this. Okay? But I asked God, I said, I really don't have any experience from, this was my prayer last night. Done with my message. I'm just thinking, meditating on it. And I said, God, I don't have an experience of a true first fruit offering. And this is what he reminded me. God asked me for the first fruit of my ministry. He asked me for the first fruit of my ministry. I was writing this last night um, when I met my wife. It was two things that God spoke to me. And it's amazing how I've been praying for motivation to write and God gave it to me. He let my wife finish her book first. And all of a sudden, I just got motivated. <laughs> like, you ain't gonna outdo me. <laughs> and so I'm writing last night, and I'm writing about the story of when we met and the things that God said to me. And it was two things that God spoke to me. Number one, I heard him say, Irene, is your rib. The second thing I heard him to say was submit at dominion and power. That's, that's the church that I went to um, 
under Apostle Paul Beard. When I get there and I tell the man of God, Apostle Beard, now, now I'm young, I'm young, I'm on fire, I'm ready to preach, I'm ready to travel, I'm ready to evangelize, I got a call of God on my life, I am ready. So I tell the man of God that God told me to, to come here and to serve under you. Pop, this is the first thing he tells me. He says, I want you to submit your ministry to mine. Put your gifts and calling on the shelf and serve me. Are you serious? I'm ready to preach. I'm ready to teach. I'm ready to go ye therefore. And you're going to tell me to bottle all this passion up and lay it at your feet. What? So I did just that. I became, watch this, chief servant in the house. Chief servant. This, this past week reminded me of what I used to do. I was the first one there, last one to leave, every service. I woke up Monday, I was so doggone tired. <laughs> and one of them nights, what was it, Friday night or Saturday night, they, they are like they didn't want to leave. The Holy Ghost just wouldn't stop. I was like, Lord, just lift. <laughs> I ain't never asked the Lord to go, but I was like, God, oh, just, just, we done here. I'm tired, and I got to lock up. <laughs> Man, I served, and this is what he reminded me of this, this, this past weekend. He was giving the testimony. And you know, you know there's, sometimes there's a temptation when you talk about people publicly to kind of fluff a little bit. He went fluffing. He made the declaration, my most faithful son. That's what he said. And he got a lot of sons. Matter of fact, the house was full of his sons and daughters in the gospel. He said, my most faithful son. He served me. He said, when he got ready to move, because I was living in Hattiesburg in 2002, he said, when he got ready to move to the coast, I thought what I was in trouble. But he said to me, nope, apostle, I'm still here. And for the next, the next five, five or six years, I traveled back and forth every Sunday, every Tuesday, for Bible study, and we were doing, at that particular time, a three-day serve, three-day revival every month. So that's 11 times a month. I was back and forth, watch this, not just on time, I was there 30 minutes before time, I was usually the last guy to lead, headed back. Later in that time, he started using me whenever he was out. So he had a church in Meridian, church in Hattiesburg, and whenever he was out, he'd call me to, to minister here at uh, Hattiesburg. At that time, he would send me to Meridian, and I was just faithful. I'd just go and do what he called me to do. Watch this. Most of them times, didn't get a dime. Going to Meridian, didn't get a dime. But I took my gift, and I submitted it. Watch this. Do you think it was fight at my house? Absolutely. Thank God that my wife could see what was on the inside of me. And I know it's there, but at the end of the day, God told me to sacrifice my gift and to serve this man of God. So I served until I heard God told me to shift. God spoke to me. I was laying on my lounge, and I heard him say, empowerment ministries. And I lifted up just like this because I knew what God was telling me to do. Because he had spoken to me a year earlier. I was reading in Genesis chapter number 12, verse number 1, when God speaks to Abram. And he tells him to get from amongst his father's house. And as soon as I read that, something resonated in my soul. And I knew, I knew that this was a shift. But I remember saying, the devil is a liar. Because I would, I, it's not that I wasn't ready to leave. I didn't want to leave him because I saw so many people make promises to him and break his heart. And I told God, I don't want to be that son that breaks his heart again. So I just stopped reading. A year later, God speaks to me again. And he says, Empowerment Ministries, Christian Center. This time I can't shake it. So I go to my man of God and I tell him what God is sharing with me. And we go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And eventually he comes to me and he says, I release you from your assignment. And he sends me to the coast. This is what he reminded wasn't really me, but everybody. He says, what you're experiencing right now, understand, understand, the, the favor and the grace as a, as a church, I'm talking about that, that we, we were a church plant 
with no denominational, with no organizational help. I'm, I'm going to do it a little different. If I raise up pastors, I'm going to send them out, and I'm going to help fund them until they get on their feet. Wasn't no funding coming nowhere. So in a couple of years for us to buy a building, for us to be in a building like this, here it is 15 years later, we're getting ready to buy some more acreage and build our own retreat center. That just don't happen. He says the favor that you are experiencing right now was based on the sacrifice that you made when you were there. What did I give? I gave a first fruits offering. I gave the first part, and watch this. I considered the best part of my ministry, and I laid it at the men of God's feet. And for those seven or eight years that I was there, now God is repaying me. So I ain't, I ain't tripping when I have faithful brothers that come to me. I ain't tripping that I have a 60, 66. How old are you, man? I, I, that's why I asked you. I wasn't trying to be funny today. 66-year-old brother, report to me like I'm 70, 80 or something. I'm 44, but yet he serves me like I'm his elder. I ain't shocked that it's like that because I'm reaping a harvest of a seed that I sowed. My first fruits offering was my life that I laid at this man of God's feet. So I ain't tripping because I'm calling out some Aikens in this place. God is saying, give what I told you to give. Give up what I told you to give up. Blessing is going to be crazy in comparison to what it is I'm asking you to sacrifice. I got one more scripture and then I'm out. This first fruit concept, principle, law spans from Old Testament to New Testament. It shows up in principle in several ways. Jesus' life is considered a first fruit. It's, it's the first sacrifice that God blesses the rest of the harvest. Paul would talk about um, the first fruits of Acacia. What is that all about? It's more than just the first believers. It's the first group of people who gave up their lifestyle to follow God. And from that first fruit offering, God reaps a harvest on the rest of the city because of the first fruits of Acacia. Are y'all with me? So the scripture declares, Matthew 26, 39, going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground. And pray, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken, taken from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. So here it is. God is asking of Jesus. The father is asking of Christ to make a sacrifice, a horrific sacrifice with his life. This sacrifice is what's known as a first fruit offering. Because after this sacrifice, he's going to reap a harvest, innumerable, untold harvest of souls, but he first has to make this sacrifice, and that's what some of you all are right now. God has already been, yeah, thank you, Jesus. Let me go on and do that. Who is this message hidden? Who is it in here that God's already been talking to you about a sacrifice? Yeah. If that's you, stand on your feet. Stand on your feet. I got a word for you. I got a word. Thank you, Jesus. For some of you all, it's, it's, a, it's a substance sacrifice. For some, it's a financial sacrifice. For some, it's a sacrifice of discipline. It's just, I don't want you to do that no more. For some, it's a morality sacrifice. It's, it's like lifestyle. It's things that you do that displease God, that dishonors him. And he says, I want you to honor me by giving it up, walking away from it. No matter what sacrifice it is that God is requiring of you, you are currently in the position that Jesus is in in this particular text. He says, if it's another way for me to receive a harvest other than giving up what I want to give up, if it's possible, allow this sacrifice to pass. Now, he says something but something also happens in that moment. He says, nevertheless, not my will be done, 
let your will be done. This is the same exact position that Achan is in because God asked Achan, I'm going to give you 30 of the kingdom, but this one, don't touch a thing. Sacrifice the whole thing. Achan says, because of covetousness, because of covetousness, I didn't do what it is that you called me to do. God spoke to me and said that covetousness is blinding. You covet. You covet because you can't see what it is that God. You're so enamored by what's in front of you, you can't see what's to come. This is what Jesus did. What enabled him to say, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done? Hebrews 12, 2. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. There it is. There it is. In that moment when he said, nevertheless, not my will, let your will be done. He had a visual of you and I. The harvest that he would receive because of the sacrifice that he's making right now. And so this is my instruction for the day. God told me to pray for your eyesight. Pray for your vision. The enemy is dimming your eyesight of what he wants, God wants to do in your life. And because you can't see the greatness, watch this, of the 30 kingdoms, it's easy to take advantage and try to please myself with the first one. There's a figurative 30 other kingdoms that God's going to give you if you choose to give and give up what he's asking of you right now. Do y'all receive this word? This is what I want you to do. Take both eyes. If you ha- I got glasses, just, just, just lift them above your head. Take both of your hands and just put them on your eyes. God is so good. God is so good. Hey. Ooh. Watch my hand. Ah. God says, my son and my daughter, I love you. And even in your slowfulness, act on my word. My love has never changed. And today, this message is an act of grace. To gently remind you, I still require that sacrifice. It's a reminder that I have not changed my mind as to what it is I'm requiring of you in this season. Ah. So God says today, even as Jesus' eyes were open to see the joy that was set before him and that joy enabled him to endure the sacrifice of the cross. God says, open your eyes and see. Open. See. See. God says, see. See. Some of you are seeing images and pictures now because God is showing you harvest. He's showing you fruit now. I'm making it easier for you to do what it is that I called you to do. Because the harvest, in comparison to the sacrifice, is so much greater. See the harvest now. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, God, Open your son's eyes, Osiris. 
God, open your daughter's eyes now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Open your son's eyes, God. Open the eyes, Jesus, and allow them to see. To see the harvest, the produce, the fruit of the labor of their sacrifice. Uh, and I rebuke the spirit of covetous now. Every blinding spirit. The Bible declares that the God of this world, that his, his responsibility is to blind the minds of God's people so that they cannot see this glorious light. I drive back your hands now in the name of Jesus. I drive back your hands now in the name of Jesus. God, open your son's eyes. Open, 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 open. Open your daughter's eyes now in the name of Jesus, God. Hey, my God, today. Oh, open, 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 open their eyes, God. God, let them see your great love. Let them see your hand moving. There's some of you, God is, God is opening up memories, closed memories where the enemy put in blinders where you could not see God opening up your Red Sea and leading you by a cloud of, 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 of fire, a pillar of fire by night and a pillar of cloud by day. The devil is trying to hinder those memories, but the devil is absolutely a liar. Even in your downfall, God says, I've been good to you. In your past failures, God says, I've been good to you. It was bad, but it could have been so much worse. It was a measured trial. It was, I hear that, it was a measured trial. Job, before the enemy came and knocked on your door, I made sure that it was something that you could bear and that it was able to work together for your good. It was only a measured trial. God has been good to you. Oh, my God. He's been good to you. He's been so good to you. God has sustained you. And everything that I blessed you with, it belongs to him. Every, everything, the Lord, everything. God says, everything that I've given you, it all belongs to me. But to give you an opportunity to honor me, this is the thing that I've asked you to give back to me. So right now in your own little private, pri private prayer tent, I want you to go ahead and make your declaration to the Lord. Go ahead and tell him, God, I'm, I'm going to do it. God, I'm, it's done. God, I will make the sacrifice. I see what you're doing. It's, oh, my God, today. Come on, come on, come on. I see what you were trying to do was so much greater than what I was trying. Your, how you was blessing me was greater than how I was blessing myself. I'm giving up this garment. I'm giving up this silver. I'm giving up this gold. I'm giving up the possessions of Jericho. Because you got 30 other kingdoms you're getting ready to bless me with. God, I see the harvest, and I'm sorry. Come on, come on, come on. Just a few more moments. Just repent and say, God, God, I'm sorry, Lord. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry from stealing from you. I'm sorry for lying, God. I'm sorry, God. For trying to bless myself when you wanted to bless me in a greater way. Come on, do it now, 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 now. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, my God, my God, the presence of the Lord is in this place now. He's in this place now. Thank you, Jesus.